It's time for episode 237 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 18th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that never grinds your gears. I am your co-host, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my co-host, Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. Does it grind your beans, like your coffee beans? Is that a... <laughs> that is exactly what this podcast is meant to do. We have a, a special Clockwise-branded coffee grinder that you can pick Ooh. up in the Relay FM store. I may be lying. <laughs> Tune in for CoffeeWise. <laughs> CoffeeWise on Relay. Um, of course, we only have 30 minutes. We've got two fantastic guests, and I would like to introduce you to the person to my left. It is my pal and the proprietor of both writing and podcasts over on Podfeet. It's Allison Sheridan. Hi, Allison. Hi, Micah. Hi, Dan. I'm excited to be here today. It's going to be fun. Good topics. So happy to have you. And to my left, a former colleague of mine from Macworld, now a senior writer at Tom's Guide, Caitlin McGarry is here. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me. We are delighted you're here. Now that we've got that out of the way, it is time to break into things. You know how the show works. Uh, Twitter just recently announced that they are going to delay the upcoming API changes that had everyone sort of in a in a bit of a fit. Uh, They said that they were going to deprecate some tools that third party apps use to send push notifications and stream tweets. Well, uh, now that that's kind of delayed, I'm just curious, what apps do you use for Twitter? And are you worried about this change that they say will happen? happen at some point, just not right now. Allison, we'll start with you. Well, I use TweetBot and uh, I love it. I love it for lists. Um, I just find it a super easy tool to use. And I know I don't see their ads and maybe that's why they're they're trying to push us away from stuff. And, and I get that. But what I don't understand is why they would do this right after discontinuing the, um, the official Apple app or Mac OS app, I should say. So I have no way to do what they want me to do other than using a stupid web interface. I'm not going to do that like an animal. I mean, that's just crazy talk. So I, I don't understand that. That makes no sense to do both of those one right after another. If they hadn't done that, it'd be like, oh, okay, I'll go use this stupid app. But I can't. So what are they trying to say? Uh, they're just trying to stick it to us, I feel like. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I'm also a TweetBot user on both the Mac and the iPhone. And I mean, this is kind of par for the course for Twitter. They've been kind of stingy about some of these API access to some features. So third party apps can't use like, um, you know, Twitter added polls. So you can run polls in tweets, but you could never see them in the third party apps. Um, Third party apps still can't do group uh, DMs, which is kind of a pain at times. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that they haven't prioritized third-party app development. I'm, I'm, I'm with Allison that probably the reason they don't spend a lot of time on it is that we don't see ads and therefore we're not bringing probably a lot of revenue into Twitter. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that it would, would upset me were these apps to go away is that the third-party apps have pretty consistently maintained the whole, you know, reverse chronological timeline without any of the um, tweaking that the web interface and Twitter's own app seem to do. And we call so, those features. <laughs> features, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I misspoke. Um, yeah, so I, I would be really upset if that went away because that is how I consume Twitter. And frankly, that would probably just drive me further away from the platform. Not that they're not already doing a plenty good job of that themselves. <laughs> um, 
Uh, so I, I worry about it. I'm kind of hopeful that the fact that they actually delayed it means that they're reconsidering and, and maybe they could foster some better third party partnerships out of this. But I'm definitely not holding my breath. Caitlin? See, I have always suspected that Twitter would cut off third party apps, which is why, sadly, I use the Twitter app for iOS, um, which is always showing me tweets that I've already seen, sometimes tweets I've already interacted with. Um, but on the Mac, I use the TweetDeck app. Uh, Twitter owns TweetDeck, which is why it's still chugging along. Um, crashes regularly but you know can't we can only ask for so much from twitter you know um and and i feel like that will stick around uh it it doesn't show me um you know in case you missed it uh tweets everything's chronological which i appreciate and that's how i you know stay up to date throughout the day um i i feel like that one has a shot of sticking around but who knows? I don't know with Twitter. I really don't. <laughs> oh, you sound you sound so sad about it. Um, I just want to say, you and I are twinsies. Um, <laughs> I I use the official Twitter app uh, on iOS, and I've been using. I, I used to work as a like regular old journalist covering all sorts of news, and we used TweetDeck for work. And I have never left that app and and still used to this day. In fact, it's open in one of my browsers right now. I I really like TweetDeck. And uh, even though it does lag a little bit behind, I've noticed that they've gotten quicker about making those updates. Uh, one of the main reasons I, I switched to Twitter for iOS a long time ago, whenever there was a terrible sort of lack of feature parity between third-party apps and the main Twitter platform. And I've jumped back to uh, third-party platform. Tw- third-party apps in the past and have never been able to stick with them again. Uh, So I've always come back. But one of the main reasons now that I use it is not every third-party app, and I believe TweetBot falls into this, uh, supports image descriptions on Twitter. And I think that's a very important thing that if I'm sharing images, I want everyone to be able to see them regardless of whether they have low or no vision or full vision. And uh, by using the official Twitter app, then I can make sure that those image descriptions are in there and, uh, you know, things like polls and things like that. So thank you all for your answers. Appreciate it. Let's move on to the topic from Allison. Well, I've been uh, really entranced with a uh, a couple of menu bar apps that I think a lot of people don't know about. So I was curious, what menu bar apps do you use or app do you use that you think most people don't know about might be really cool? So I, I don't mean the iced app menus that everybody knows and loves, the, the, the weird, <laughs> quirky little thing that you're like, I really like that. And I think other sh- people should know about that. Uh, I'm going to go with an app I have called Rocket. Um, which is a menu bar app, but is also uh, kind of just a pop-up app. So if you use Slack at all, you're probably familiar with the emoji, the way the emojis work in Slack. So usually in Slack, you can type in a text field colon and then the name of the emoji that you want to insert rather than using macOS's own pop-up character palette. Uh, and it just sort of auto-completes. And I like that, and I got so used to it that I started trying to use it in a bunch of other places, only to realize, of course, it doesn't work when I'm working like iMessage or something like that. <laughs> I just type stupid things like, colon, thumbs up, uh, and everyone's like, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> but there is a savior, and that is an app called Rocket, which lives in your menu bar and basically gives you Slack-style emoji autocomplete throughout the entire macOS. Uh, and it also, if you, uh, that's for the free version. If you upgrade for like five bucks to the full version, you can also, uh, insert gifts, um, that you have like stored somewhere. You can like point it to like a folder of gifts and then use autocomplete on those too, which is also 
pretty nifty so it's not a perfect app it sometimes comes up in places where i don't want it and then i have to like futz around with getting rid of it but overall i really enjoy it um and of the menu bar apps i have it's probably the one that most people don't know about but might be interested in caitlin what about you uh well my most used uh menu bar app is uh dropbox i i know it's terribly boring but i recently (laughs) i recently um got an app called um guestimer guestimer Customer, I'm not. I'm not quite sure how you how you would pronounce it, but um, basically, it uh, it's super simple. So you you click on it and and drag down to how um, how many minutes away you want to remind yourself of something, and then it just sends you an alert. So you can set a, millions of reminders. Well, not millions, obviously, but <laughs> you can set dozens of reminders uh, throughout your day. And I find it to be so much more useful than the reminders app, which I don't, it just doesn't do anything for me. But when it, when this app pops up with a reminder, um, on my MacBook, I will actually do the thing. So, um, yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> cool. Um, well, first of all, Dan, I thought we agreed not to bring up that word that's uh, animated image format because it strikes <laughs> way too many so arguments. So controversial. I'm a little disappointed. I'll bleep it out in the, in the edit. How about that? <laughs> I hope you actually do. Um, the, I'm going to to pick uh, one that I use. It's a full-on app, but the, the menu bar app is really nice. It's called... I don't remember what it's called now. I can just see the little bunny in the... It's called Wallpaper Wizard. There we go. Um, and Wallpaper Wizard plugs into the Unsplash database, which is a database of uh, completely free-to-use images. And uh, Wallpaper Wizard essentially just pops up these really beautiful backgrounds and can change them throughout the day. And I like to have a dynamic background that changes throughout the day. So I've got, you know, images of dogs and black and white photos. And right now there's a bird on one screen and this beautiful shot of architecture on the other screen. And the the menu bar app lets you like say something comes up that you don't want to see. Like if a cat comes up and be like, oh, well, I'm allergic to cats, so I better get that off the screen. I could use the menu bar app to just hit the next button and see the the next wallpaper. Um, but the one that I want to mention, it's not out yet, but I can't wait for it to come out. Um, it's a Hue menu bar app that is gorgeous. Uh, and what it will allow you to do is control your Hue lights right from the menu bar. And there are a few apps out there that exist right now that do this. But um, the one that will be coming out, uh, I'll... I'll have Dan put a link to the tweets in uh, the show notes. But uh, again, it's not out yet. But whenever it does come out, you better believe I'll be talking about it. I just think it's a really elegant uh, solution for being able to control those lights from your Mac. Well, my evil plan is uh, come right into place. I have five new menu bar apps. <laughs> the, the one I really like that I, I don't hear people talk about uh, very often is called Parallels Toolbox. And it's from the people who make Parallels Desktop. It's a toolbox full of little tiny apps and they're absolutely amazing like there's a button that just uh puts your mac into presentation mode it turns off all your notifications it takes all the crap off your desktop if you're one of those people and uh it's it's delightful you can have it trigger automatically whenever you plug in a display so if you're plugging into a conference room for example that is one of like 17 tools that's in here you can take screenshots with it. You can make screen recordings of it, of different different things. It's got a, a clean drive uh, tool that'll go through and find like wasted space on uh, in cache files. There's an airplane mode button 
Why is an airplane mode an option in, in uh, Mac OS? Uh, do not sleep. Download audio from a URL. Download video from a URL. Eject <sighs> volumes. I mean, this thing goes on and on and on. It can, uh, you can have it automatically launch applications. You can tell it, these are some applications I want to launch, and you just hit that launch button. It brings them up. It can record audio, resize images, switch screen resolution. I, I haven't even read all of them. It's amazing. Uh, it's a subscription service, but it's only 10 bucks a year. So it's, I, to me, totally worth it. And they keep adding new ones. I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I need that. <laughs> I need that yesterday. In <laughs> fact, I just downloaded the, the free trial so I could give it a go. Um, we have already reached halftime, folks. And that means it's time to talk about our sponsor this week. It's Booze Allen. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Booze Allen. Tell me if this sounds like you. You're more than just interested in digital technology, you're passionate about it, and you want to use your talents for a challenge you believe in, like moving business forward, advancing healthcare, and protecting those most vulnerable. You're all about solving problems. The more complex, the better. You think for yourself, but you know the best ideas happen when everyone has a seat at the table. Sound like you? then you have a future at Booz Allen. Join a forward-looking team backed by a century of experience and fueled by collaboration. Booz Allen is looking for experts like digital technologists, cloud solution architects, digital solutions developers to help make the world more connected, agile, efficient, and safe. Discover why Booz Allen says empower change with us. Visit boozallen.com slash clockwise. We'd like to thank Booz Allen for their support of this show. Dan, what do you have for us? Surprising nobody, um, there's a story in Bloomberg that says that Apple is planning a subscription news service of some sort uh, coming on the heels of them acquiring Texture, sort of the Netflix for magazines. My question for you is, is that a service that you want to pay for? Does that interest you, that integration with Apple News? Do you, do you find yourself needing more sources of information and a way to group them all together? Or do you feel like this is kind of a, a sort of a, a look back at what the way things used to be? Uh, Caitlin, what are your feelings on that? Well, I use Apple News all the time. I'm a big fan. Um, I don't really read magazines anymore, though. So I, I'm i curious to see um, the integration and, and what the service looks like. Um, I like the idea of having, you know, these breaking news pieces right next to these amazing long reads or, um, you know, beautifully photographed features. Um, I like the idea of having that all in one place. Um, yeah, I guess I just have to see what it looked like and, and the price, um, maybe, you know, a a free, a free trial similar to what they did with Apple music would, would woo me in. I'm I'm not sure. This is an interesting idea. Can I just offer a monosyllabic response? Meh. Meh. That's how I feel about this. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't read magazines. Um, I have, have in fact tried having a magazine subscription before, and I just ended up. Oh, these are some cool photos. Okay, done with this now. Um, I, I don't. I, I, I get most of my news from Twitter. Uh, well, from things linked through Twitter. And so I just, it's hard for me to ever see wanting to spend any money subscribing to something unless it was like, by, you know, subscribing to this magazine, you're also donating to blank. Uh, I'm trying to think of something somewhere where that would work. Like, 
HRC or something, um, then maybe, but <laughs> I can't see any other reason why I would want to, because I, I think I've mentioned it on the show before. I've got like a big stack of GQ magazines that just sits on my shelf because I don't want to get rid of them because I feel bad about it, but I also don't want to read them. So who knows what to do with them? I don't. That's me with like New Yorker could- issues. <laughs> <laughs> you guys could not have played into my answer any better than what you just did. The word magazine immediately evokes in all of us guilt. I don't yes. want to throw it away because, well, I paid for it. And look at all that paper I got. it, And I really do want to read it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so the word magazine is just like a, it's a it's a guilt ridden word. It It isn't a happy word ever. What I what I do wish, though, and, and, and I'm like Micah that I get I wouldn't say I get my information from Twitter. I get my information from people I find interesting on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So somebody feeds me an article and I say, OK, well, that person generally tells me things that are interesting. Let me go read that. But what happens in that mode, if you're not reading physical newspapers and magazines, is you read only the stuff you're already interested in. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've lost in not liking magazines and not not doing newspapers anymore is the accidental readings. Uh, I used to read Wired magazine. Mostly I felt guilty about it because I had a big stack of them. But when I read Wired, I found I would read these articles that were about something I didn't know I was interested in. I remember reading about a guy who had a child who was ill and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And so he personally mapped her genome in his garage. And I would have never just picked that article up and read it, but it just happened because I was flipping through it. And I used to get that from newspapers too. So um, while it would be good for me to read magazines, and, and I'm sure it'll be a beautiful interface from Apple, um, I won't, but I'll feel guilty about it. <laughs> I won't. I uh, love how you said now, that. Now I with won't. more guilt. Yeah, I, I think I come down with most of you here. I, I'm intrigued to see what Apple feels like they can bring to this space, because I do think the, the fundamental ways we consume that kind of content really have changed um, with the advent of the Internet. So we don't follow as many sources, We just, but we do probably read more stuff just because we sort of have all of these different venues available to us. And we do have social media and other ways of sort of picking up links to, to stories from far-flung disparate publications. But the sort of deep dive, like I'm going to go read an entire issue of a magazine, I think is, is vastly reduced from where it was 20 years ago or maybe even 10 years ago. So I'm curious to know what kind of value proposition Apple thinks it can bring here that's going to get people interested in this again, um, unless they're trying to sort of make like an end run by by bundling together all these different sites that have paywalls and being like, pay us once and you can get access to all these different sites that have paywalls. Like there, there's, there might be an attraction there for some people because you can sort of group it together in one convenient section, but they haven't shown to have much success with that in the, and they've tried it in the past. So I'm not sure exactly how this changes things, but it will be interesting to see what spin they think they can put on it. Uh, thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our last topic, which comes from Caitlin. All right. So uh, Facebook is trying to put out its dumpster fire with some uh, damp paper towels. And its most <laughs> recent move is um, introducing some new uh privacy protections based on the um, the data protection rules that the European Union is requiring them to do. Um, and some of those protections are coming to the U.S. Um, and so I'm curious whether these new, uh, these new settings in Facebook or more obvious settings in Facebook that will let you control, you know, um, your ad settings, the information that is shared about you, um, does that make you want to 
go back to Facebook if you if you pulled away, or does it change your mind about anything that's happening with Facebook right now? I'm curious. I think this is an excellent question. Um, I I've never really been that enthused with Facebook. Um, I I've always enjoyed Twitter more, and I realize the platforms are different. That said, a lot of my family. Um, really, really enjoys Facebook and enjoys getting to connect with people there and share photos and do all that jazz. And so for them, this makes me happy um, that I was hoping that Facebook would would do this is that these these tools that they're that they are sort of required to offer in Europe, they would just offer sort of all around the world. And I think that when a big company like this does makes this move, this also is a an opportunity to sort of show smaller companies how it's done, so to speak, and to maybe encourage them to do the same. And so if this, if, if by doing this, Facebook is providing an example to others and other applications and, and services that I use, then I'm very happy that this is happening because that means that I will get some benefit out of it and will get sort of more protections for my privacy or at least more control over everything. Um, so I am very... I feel very positive about what is happening here. Um, it doesn't necessarily change my use of Facebook any more or any less. Even after this came out, like I still still continued to use Facebook as I do sparingly, which is pretty much just to share links um, to, to, to content and things like that. But uh, it's, yeah, I, I hope that other companies follow in Facebook's footsteps and just saying, well, since we have to do this in Europe, we might as well just offer these tools elsewhere. You know, it's definitely not swaying my opinion. I mean, I kind of assumed they were doing slimy, revolting, thing, revolting things all along. And, you know, the the evidence is certainly out there now, but we, we certainly saw it coming. This can't have been a huge surprise to people who were paying attention. So them doing this, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like it does a lot to me. Um, I think more about how Facebook makes me feel. I find myself watching, ooh, how many likes did I get on that photo? Did I get a lot? Wow. What can I do to get more likes on my photo? You know, and that's not a healthy way to to interact with the world. Um, I do love it for connecting to family and, and friends, getting to share some stuff, but it feels competitive to me and I don't feel good after I use it. So I have been trying to back off and limit my use uh, a little more. Of course, still being a full scale spammer because uh, uh, Micah is my role model. i mean he's all of our role models let's be honest Uh, i am i've never been a big facebook user and i don't think this is likely to make me change my opinion i've already gone in and i mean i didn't put much information in the first place but i already went in you know several times every time there is a privacy thing i go in and make sure that i've like locked it down as much as possible uh so i'll probably you know drop in at some point and see if there are any new switches i can flip but i don't think it's going to encourage me to become a bigger user of facebook i mean like my guy i usually am there to post links or occasionally write comments on things for like family pictures and stuff like that um but i i'm really not a heavy user of facebook so I'm glad they're doing it. It's 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 a step in the right direction. I don't think it's necessary. I mean, like I think your damp paper towel analogy was was pretty on the nose, Caitlin. So I'm not sure that this is the the band aid that's gonna get everybody looking at you know Mark Zuckerberg being like, well, it seems like he's fixed all the problems. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I've given you new privacy regulations. See, see, aren't you happy now? Um, yeah, I don't know that this really changes much in the long term, but it's I'm glad they're doing something. 
Yeah, I don't think this will change anything um, in in the short term. But I, I think Micah is right that maybe this will encourage other companies that uh, don't want to be in Facebook's awful position right now to, uh, you know, if they're making changes to adhere to GDPR to make make those changes blanket across the platform in all regions and not not just because the EU is forcing them to. Um, I I don't think I'm... I used to use Facebook more frequently than I do now just because my entire family lives across the country from me and they are really into posting on Facebook. Um, but I deleted the app from my phone and have only been logging in, um, you know, once a week, if that. And I, I think... I feel better about it, so I think I'm going to stick with with that uh, approach and just hope that these um, these new settings that my family members take advantage of them because I don't think they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we all hope that our our families will make use of these tools, and uh, if we have to do a little hand holding, then so be it. Um, thank you all. This was such a great episode, but of course we have time for a bonus question. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you all about our friends at Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Let's you easily create a website for your next idea. You get a unique domain, you get award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog or a podcast. Well, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. Nothing to install. There aren't any patches to worry about. There aren't any upgrades that you need to think about. Squarespace has all of that covered for you. They've got award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name for your next bright idea. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great, excellent, awesome sites. I have talked before about how Squarespace is awesome when it comes to creating a podcast. And uh, I recently just once again put my money where my mouth is by launching a podcast using Squarespace. And it's just as easy as I remember it. You can head there, you can set up a blog, add an audio block, and you're five-sevenths of the way there to producing your own podcast. Uh, Squarespace plans start at just 12 bucks a month, but guess what? You out there, yes, you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash clockwise. And when you decide to sign up, just use the offer code clockwise to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for our show. So once again, that's squarespace.com slash clockwise and the code clockwise to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Okay, friends, this is the most important question you'll be asked in life, so think long and hard. If you could communicate with one particular type of animal, be it a cow, a giraffe, a tadpole, etc., which would you choose? Allison, we'll start with you. Well, my first instinct was, of course, my dog. I mean, why not? But I realized that I'd probably be really, really sad if I found out that she had no deep thoughts whatsoever. <laughs> and it would just be really disenchanting. So then I thought, well, I most like to talk to people who are from other parts of the world. That's really fascinating to me. So why not something like a dolphin? Because a dolphin's probably got more deep thoughts than my dog, but also lives in a totally different world. So I think the length of time I'd get to have fun conversations that I would learn things I didn't know would be much longer. And if I was disenchanted, I could live with that. <laughs> Man, uh, this was a toughie. As a kid, I always wanted the ability to talk to cats 
Um, but I feel like they just wouldn't be very interested in talking to me. So I don't know. Maybe they'd maybe, say like all the worst things about you. Yeah. N- no compliments. Exactly. Maybe, maybe or not bir- even answer. Maybe birds or something like they go interesting places. They see things from a different perspective. That could be cool. Um, all right. So I, we need to talk about squirrels. Um, uh, I don't know if, if y'all have squirrels in your cities, but, um, I only discovered them when I moved to New York a few years ago and they see so much of the city and they just do not care about sauntering up to humans and being like, I see you have something in your hand and I would like it. And just waiting there until you like give them food or whatever it is. They just don't care. And I'm so, I want to talk to them and find out what's going on in there. I'm really curious. What is your yeah. deal, squirrel? Yeah. Seriously. I, I wonder if that. they go, squirrel. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. Well, Allison stole mine, so I quit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. Um, I, I, th- I think it would be really cool to talk to dolphins, and then I can say, hey, can I go with you when you say so long and thanks for all the fish? Because <laughs> I don't want to be here either. No. Um, I think if I can't have dolphins, because this is a draft, apparently, uh, then I would pick whales, because they also spin... You know, they're, they're mammals, so I can... Maybe they'll be easier to communicate with, and they spend a lot of time underwater, and they get really old, so they probably know quite a bit through history. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent answers all around. I love that question. I feel like I know all of you so much more. Um, Dan, we have we have finally reached the end of the episode, but of course, it is time to thank our guests for coming on. Allison Sheridan, it is always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for being here. Thank you. This was more fun than I hoped it would be. And Caitlin McGarry, always a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thank you. This was just as fun as I had hoped it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, pretend I'm a cat. And sign us off. All right. Well, meow, 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 meow. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Until then, remember, watch what you say. And keep watching that mouse. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.